State Representative Dane Deal joining us here on Double K Country. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time with us. Ben, I'm glad to be back. Uh, I can't believe that the legislative session for Missouri is already over, but I'm glad to be back, glad to be in district, and um, it's a pleasure to give everybody an update on what we got done, what we didn't get done, and uh, what things look like moving forward. Yeah, I know we chatted with you. It wasn't uh, – it was I feel like it was only a few weeks after you had kind of started. So how how was everything uh, going along there? I know a little bit of a learning curve, but you still seem to kind of take to it pretty quick. Uh, how how was the process of getting in the position? You know, I think um, the session is very pa- fast paced, moves very quickly. But I was able to dive in, follow some issues. I, I particularly enjoyed our the, the process that it takes to make a bill. Um, I know that whenever thinking about it, that it sometimes seems simple but it's a very intricate process there's a lot of checks and balances that go into the legislation i enjoyed working not only in the house but having bills in the senate fortunate enough to carry a bill that made it through the process of the senate so i really liked following legislation the committee work is set up very very well to follow legislation as a freshman, as someone that's new, that's where you get most of the meat, I would say, on your bills. You get people up to testify in support, in opposition. In, you know, they, they give a broad range of what those bills will do for Missouri, where we see benefits, where we see um, – you know, the bad, the bad of bills. And I really enjoyed the process of following everything at, at times I say, and I tell mm-hmm. a lot of people is like drinking from a fire hose. We had to, uh, um, had days that it seemed like I had to do a lot of work, a lot of back leg work, a lot of studying on legislation to get to a point that I understood it and what it would do to affect our area. But I, uh, I enjoyed the process. I, I enjoyed the many different aspects and layers that went into the legislation. And at the end of the day, the end of the session, I think we did some good things for Missouri. Yeah, what a, what is some of that legislation that uh, made it to the governor's desk this year in session? Yeah, so I you know everybody previously would say that it was a relatively slow session. I think we had a little over forty bills that that actually made it to the governor's desk. Now that includes mm-hmm. the budget, so that yeah. sounds like a small amount, but. I, um, whenever we dive into it, I'm always a guy that looks for the good. You know, look at, look at the good and, and the things that happened for Missouri and the things that are going to affect us here in, you know, Vernon, Bates, and Cedar County. So I think from that aspect, we, we had a few priorities, and we talked about those earlier in the session. But a few of the bills that I'm just going to highlight, and we can dive in a lot more mm-hmm. on, um, and people, we can – um, if people want to reach out to me, I can go through a lot more. There's a lot of other smaller pieces, but these are the few mm-hmm. of the ones that I feel like are important to the area. So um, I know we talked about tax cuts, and we're coming off a time frame last fall during special session. The governor you know, and the legislative body before me authorized the biggest tax cut in Missouri history. So we are trying to be strategic on that side of things. What else can we do? Um, and I'm, I'm proud to say, you know, I think our senior our senior citizen population or those 65 or, and over, we made some good changes that actually are going to the governor's desk. So that's uh, that's exciting. Those, those include uh, if you're 65 and o- older. Now, some of this will rely on the counties. The counties are going to have some discretion. Mm-hmm. But if you're 65 and older, you're going to get your assets froze. So it'll keep your, your you know, a lot of those people on fixed income or on social security and at at for those at that age um you know an influx of property values or what your property tax are for a year this bill will will freeze their assets and what they pay keep it consistent it'll also allow for social security to be untaxed we were one of the few states that was still taxing social security so i uh um i think that you know 
they've already paid for it once. They the mm-hmm. people deserve their money, and any more they can keep in their pocket at that age and on a fixed income is a win. So that was one of them. Uh, I I think that you know when I was running, supporting small businesses was an important deal to our area. You know we're mm-hmm. we're made up of small businesses all across the landscape. Some you know here in town, some out in the outskirts of town, mm-hmm. and some out of people's you know shops, buildings mm-hmm. that. Um, really make our our gears turn and work here in rural missouri so i think we passed some good key small bit small business um i guess i would say prerogatives and those include um, a grant program that'll allow small businesses if they invest in their employees and allow them to further their training and development then they're going to get that money back so if they're able to go further their education go earn some certificates go earn some excess training those businesses are going to get a credit for that so i think that'll help them will encourage them to work with you know their employees to better you know to better them and ready them for the job and landscape they face and on the small business we also have an intern intern development program now we think of a lot of small you know younger people that have interest well if they if we get those involved in the process or get those at the actual company that they're working at um we truly believe as a state that that leads to jobs down the road so there's a little bit of a tax credit there for these businesses to further the relationship with interns so i think those are those are just a couple another deal that you and i know um even driving around here that it it sounds like a common sense deal but whenever i drive around it it's crazy to me the amount of temporary tags i see on vehicles you know, have you seen, have you seen quite a few of those? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, whenever I think of that, we were one of the few States and this is, you know, when I talked about common sense, I think this is as common sense as it comes. We're one of the few States that didn't collect sales tax on new vehicles. Now I I knew, know the used, the used will be if they're dealership oriented, um, this will still be available, but you know, if the outright vehicle still has its challenges, but, um, we're going to go to collecting the sales tax at the point of sale. So that'll already be there people will be able to go in you know pay for their tags whenever they need them they don't have to worry about coming up with that big upfront cost of the sales tax so um that that was a pretty common sense i i, I enjoyed following that and watching it move through the process um just to cut you know i know we, we can touch on this and we'll get a little more in depth but the budget that mm-hmm. ate up a lot of our time mm-hmm. um it was a great learning experience i i will tell you now i wasn't actually on the budget committee but it's a it is a time in Missouri right now where um, the budget does a lot of good things. You know, we have a, a tax surplus even after that tax cut, so we were able to further develop across or you know develop and invest across the state in many programs that had needed um, you know funding for a long time. So we'll we'll touch on that here in just a second. Mm-hmm. But the budget ate up a lot of time. A couple other we extended postpartum care from uh, sixty days out to twelve months, which there is no alternative. You know you can't go sixty to ninety or one twenty. The way it's formatted, you either have to be sixty days or one year. And this primarily affects people on lower reduced income um, or people on Medicaid, those type of programs. But in the state of Missouri, that that was one area that has always had a bright spot on mortality so we think extending that out to a year will will decrease the mortality rate of those kids those individuals and really help the parents but that uh you know those are those are some of the um i guess the good things that we got done and i Mm -hmm. as a 
I guess the last piece, which is uh, important to me, we, we made some very key agriculture provisions. That first bill I know we talked about, the beginning farmer legislation, it was able to, um, now it's put on as amendment, but that that does the same thing. You know, it was an amendment on an ag bill that had several provisions or parts. So that legislation authorizes a capital gains cut to Missouri landowners that choose to sell to beginning farmers or qualified family members. And it has a lease option in there also. So I'm very proud of the ag work and the ag industry across the state. We're able to get that to the governor's desk. That also had a biodiesel and ethanol tax credit fix. That was done last year, and that's just to further drive our production here in Missouri. Um, we have a rural vet loan programs part of that. Um, we look at places even around here, it's harder to get vets to the area. So there was already a program in place that allowed veterinarians, if you go to school and come back to these rural critical areas, that um, there's a program you can apply for to get some of your student loans taken care of. So I think that'll help get some vets back to the area. There also, you know, we think about Missouri having the Mississippi on one side and the river in uh, the uh, Missouri River through the middle, there's a waterway and port trust fund that was set up, and we fixed uh, some fee updates for the state of Missouri that some hadn't been updated since 1955. So that was a lot of what we got done, what I'm proud of, um, and we look at the good, and it uh, it there's a lot of moving parts. A lot of it you know, came together the last couple of weeks between the House and the Senate. You know, a bill has to go to the Senate or from the Senate to the House flow-wise, and we both have to agree on and truly pass before it goes to the governor's desk. And he still has the power to veto, but those are a few of the good things I feel like we got done. Yeah, a lot of things uh, to talk about here after his session. Again, Representative uh, Dean Deal with us, and you uh, we're, we're talking a little bit about uh, budget. We can go more into that. So what were a few items from that that's important for you know, people in this state, people in our region? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, whenever we look at a budget, um, I know there's some conception out there that our budget looks a little bit bloated or, or top heavy. Um, the budget this year came in right around $51 billion. A lot of that, though, I will say was very strategic. A lot of it came down and is still flowing down from the COVID times. Um, a lot of the COVID money, the CARES money was um, divvied up to the states. And so a lot of our budget, as you will see in studying, was one-time fees or one-time only. So, you know, next year after that money um, from the federal government dries up or slows down, we're not going to have to worry about how do we, you know, continue to implement these plans. So the $51 billion I th- I think was very well um, very well used and utilized. And a few of the top, the, you know, the main deal that I know a lot of people have heard about over the last month is the I-70 expansion. So with the budget surplus we had, um, in state, we are fully able to fund I-70, uh, uh, moving to six lanes. They were just talking about, um, St. Louis, Kansas city and Boone County, but we actually had the money. There's a bond program that goes with this. And I think that, you know, for companies across Missouri, they'll be able to work on this program. That's an artery that I I feel like feeds all the way down to here. You know, if we have good transportation that allows us to get, you know, more businesses, more economic development, that I-70 expansion is critical. And it's something that had been looking us in the eye for 
long before I was in the legislature. Mm-hmm. But the best part about this, the way I look at it, whenever I'm in Jefferson City looking for more ways to invest in infrastructure around here, um, I, I'm on those roads every day. You know, uh, these farm roads, these lettered roads, these highways, we need more help. But the best part about this budget and the I-70 expansion, it doesn't pull any money away from those projects. So we're still going to be able to invest in infrastructure, roads, bridges that are already on the table, and this doesn't pull any money back. So the I-70 expansion mm-hmm. was a big one. Um, we fully funded education formula, you know, from uh, – from a district that I have eight or nine school districts I represent, the transportation, the factor, you know, we are fully funded and even a pay increase for these teachers. Now we have to find a way to continue, you know, to fund that and take care of them. You know, we don't want a short-term fix. We want a long-term, but that also include, uh, included a lot of investment in higher education, a lot of our universities across the state also. So that was a big piece, Um, you know, Far and wide, even in rural Missouri, we talk about the mental health crisis, and it varies to different degrees, you know, from here to urban to suburban areas. But we, we put a large amount of money, a new mental health, mental health hospital going in in Kansas City that gets us closer, you know, closer in proximity to home, to here. Now, would I love to have it here? Absolutely, with some of our mm-hmm. resources we had. But, um, you know, being at the table and investing in health and mental health, also those employees in that sector, um, they're going to get a nice pay raise to hopefully for retention and helping out in that sector. So that was another big one. Continuing, I know we continue to talk about it. I don't have it now at my house, but there's a uh, there was a continued funding level of about $250 million for broadband expansion, continuing to roll that mm-hmm. out. You know, that's been a three or four year project, but continuing to roll broadband out across the whole, you know, the whole landscape of Missouri. So that money's going to be used in areas that are lacking a little bit or we're a little bit of behind, mm-hmm. but trying to get, you know, good access to broadband to everyone is critical, and especially in a time where some people can work from home. If we can have people working from home, still living in our area, still living in the district, that's a win for all you know our economy across the whole. So that's a that's another one. And then, there, like I said, there's a uh, um, there was a, like I said a misconception about the the size of the budget, but I, I do believe that we uh, we controlled it very well in those one-time items. And there was a lot of munis- municipality investments, uh, further transportation investments across the state, looking at into the future what we might face. So those were a few of the, you know, there, uh, of the budget. There was around 20, mm-hmm. 20 actually segments of the budget. So those are kind of some of the highlights. Um, one other thing is the veterans' homes. You know, we got to take care of our veterans in the state. We up the amount of money that's going to go to the homes, which will help with not only recruitment and retention of people to work there, but actually, you know, invest in their needs that they need them so all right again representative dane deal joining us here on a update on double k country what's some of the legislation that uh you were looking at that uh didn't make it to the finish line this year yeah ben you know i i uh i learned that um you know although we work in tandem um the house and the senate sometimes we have different priorities in the House, I, I think that um, we did a good job, and it might maybe some would say it might be easier to pass some of the things out of the House and get it to the Senate. But some of the things that didn't get through the Senate or didn't get back through the House that I know most Missourians would have liked to have seen done um, would be IP reform, which is initiative petition, which is whenever we think of the ballot. It's all those questions at the end. You know, there seem to be more and more, um, and they're written and crafted very well, but the initiative petition reform is one thing that didn't get through that I know as a – 
as a party, we had a, a drive to get done. And, and that, that stems for me back to having real representation, you know, not having Kansas city, Columbia and St. Louis dictate an IP across the whole state that we don't have much of a say in. So we wanted a little bit higher of a threshold on the IP, the IP actually initiative petition actually changes our constitution. And once it's changed, we don't have the power to change it. It'd have to go back to the vote of the people. So I don't know that, you know, being able to change the Constitution that easy is a good thing. So we wanted a little bit higher of a threshold saying, hey, you can still put these forward. It's going to take a higher percentage to pass. There was also other talks of having, you know, of the congressional districts, having a percentage of those that um, were represented, you know, maybe like a, a five-eighths or, or something like that to make an IP pass. But IP was one of those. Um, foreign ownership of ag land, which that's important to me. Um, we passed out a couple different versions. The Senate had some versions. They conferenced. We thought we had it to a good spot. It just didn't make it across the finish line. So I will say the you know, the there is a conception out there of the foreign ownership. Right now it is capped at 1%. Um, even right here close to home we have some – um, ownership that had different opportunities before I was there, um, you know, with a, a, a foreign company owning a subsidy company in, in the U.S. So we have to be careful on that, and we still want good relationships with some of our other countries. Now, we we passed a uh, ban on pretty well the conservative country or the uh, con- communist countries where they couldn't own zero, but we still wanted our good relationship countries that own a lot of different, you know, research development companies to have access to that. So the uh, foreign foreign land ownership was another one. Respo- responsible property cuts. I think um, the responsible car- part is key there. Um, you know, like I said, we've cut a lot of taxes and, you know, we want to continue to look at ways to cut taxes, keep that dollar that hard-earned dollar in your pocket, but how do we, you know, a lot of our local funding is from property tax. So we're looking at ways of maybe putting vehicles, uh, farm equipment on a set schedule. That way you know the exact amounts due every year and it doesn't fluctuate with markets, with inflation. So responsible uh, property cuts was was another one that didn't quite get done. Child, This was a priority of the governor and uh, had wide widespread re- um, support was um, – child care tax credit program and that's basically looking at ways you know for for people that are working people that have children um of being able to get a little bit of that money back because everyone knows and i know having a young daughter at home that uh, daycare is expensive it's very expensive and this program would allow the parents to get some of that money back at tax time not not a overbearing amount but enough that hey you know we're still working contributing to society and our children you know we're invested in our children but maybe we can get a little bit of that dollar back and the last one i feel uh being right here close to home and do the county line county line in the state line of kansas is a uh, sports betting you know i i know that uh, some people that might be, not be their uh um biggest priority but as a caucus it was ours and with having as many professional sports teams i know you and i were talking mm-hmm. about many of those across the state between baseball hockey even soccer now you know mm-hmm. having those sports teams across the state and looking at the revenue it would bring to the state and watching people go across the state lines um i believe about all of our states around us other than maybe Oklahoma have legal sports betting. So to our to our partners in those professional sports teams that want it um not and that 
they've been working on sports betting for six or seven years. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they're they're trying to get it to a good spot. We've passed it out of the House two or three different ways over to the Senate. They just couldn't ever get on the same page and um, allow for it to get done. So the sports betting was another piece that uh, um, is a big priority for several people across Missouri. But, hey, you know, we got next year. Um, the work never stops, and uh, I know that people's wheels are already turning. People are already working, um, trying to get ahead and come up with legislation that – you know, threads the needle per se on some of those issues, and we get ready for next January. All right, so getting ready for that, but uh, still looking back at this uh, this session here. Again, Dean Deal, uh, representative, joining us here. What was the most surprising thing about being in the Capitol here? Yeah, you know, being in the Capitol, and I'm going to, um, you know, as a, I, I go back to being a freshman, you know, you mm-hmm. can serve four terms. Our class is around 50 in size, which is pretty big. Out of 163, you know, we're almost a third of the whole legislative body in the House of Representatives. So what the biggest surprise to me was the amount of relationships you have to have in the building. And that not only comes from your class or people that are around you, but it also comes from, you know, having relationships in the Senate. And our senator for the area, Senator Sandy Crawford, um, she has a wealth of experience. We're super fortunate. I was able to, uh, as a freshman, go over there and bounce ideas off of her and talk about what we were facing and issues that I I thought were pertinent to our area, and it was really nice to work well together. So the relationship aspect to me and and learning, you know, 163 people in the House and 34 in the Senate, learning how to work with those amount of people, and everybody Mm -hmm. reacts a little different. Everybody handles their business a little bit different. But to be a productive lawmaker, you kind of have to have relationships with all those amounts of people. Couldn't, like I said, couldn't be fortunate enough to have a great senator for our area and work with her, and that kind of helped harbor relationships in the Senate. And our class size being bigger, we spent time together, a lot of time together, um, you know, and that wasn't a partisan deal. Uh, several times, all of us as a class would get together and um, talk about issues we were facing or what was important to us. So the relationship aspect in Jefferson City at the Capitol is a very big piece of legislation and lawmaking. All right, now that you're out of the Capitol for a little bit, what are uh, what are plans here post-session? You know, that's the beauty of Missouri. They designed that for, um, you know, legislative session to be heavy and hard for four or five months. And then the rest mm-hmm. of the session, you're back in the district, you're yeah. back working, you're back earning a living. I'd say there's a lot of people, you know, 70 or 80% of the people that have other jobs or have um, that aren't retired have other experience or things that they go back home to do so i think um you know for me being home being in district traveling around the district meeting with people that i didn't have time to meet with in between the general election and when session started to really tune into their needs what's affecting our area where the problems are and what we can do to fix those so you know what we're gonna have a busy summer there's a lot of events a lot of fairs and festivals that uh, i'm looking forward to i think we'll have some town halls that uh i'll be able to relay much like we did here on what what we got done and what what issues are pertinent and important to the people around here so traveling around the different parts of the district meeting with businesses um talking with employees talking with other elected officials on how we can be uniform and um in unison moving forward and what needs to get done in jefferson city so i'm looking i'm looking forward to that i still uh you know being involved on the farm we still got a crop to raise Mm -hmm. and uh i'm i'm fortunate we're fortunate for the moisture we've had but just keeping up with uh my day-to-day tasks on the farm and traveling around the district it's going to be a great next year um 
I, I know that we could get called in for so process wise, yeah. we could get called in for a special session. I don't foresee that, but that's always on the calendar. Usually it's pretty close to the end of session. So if it was going to happen, it's usually, you know, within a month or month or month or two of the end of session, we could have get called in on a special session. If the governor feels like there's a real priority, we didn't get to, didn't get done, or he wants to address. And then veto sessions always in September. So some of the bills, you know, mm-hmm. that's the great power. Again, we talk about, about the, uh, legislative, um, checks and balances. The governor has the ability to look at all these bills, veto what he doesn't like, um, sign what he does like. So veto session, I anticipate we will be in for veto session. The governor will always um, has a few that he didn't like or maybe liked a little less than others. Mm-hmm. But um, veto session in September, so we'll get geared up for that. And um, just uh, it, it'll go quick. You know, the first five months went quick. And it's uh, mm-hmm. now that you are elected, there's a lot of opportunities to go speak, go be involved at various organizations and events that uh it'll take up a lot of my time and i Mm -hmm. uh, i look forward to every second of it all right anything else uh that you want to share before we go yeah absolutely you know it's it's been an honor to represent bates vernon and uh cedar counties in jefferson city not a day went by that i didn't have people reach out from the district people reach out to talk to me um some via email communications that's what really you know, anchored me up in Jefferson city and guided me just the amount of people that reached out and, and helped. I know that, uh, we, we did many good things. There's a lot more left to do and I'm committed to doing the best job I can for the area. And I look forward to, uh, meeting with several people across the, uh, across the landscape, across the district and continuing to further those conversations. So thank you for your time. I, I appreciate all of it. I know that, uh, there's a lot to unravel here and a lot that went down and happened, but I appreciate the opportunity to convey what happened and what I saw in my eyes. All right. Well, we thank you for again coming along, and we'll chat with you uh, sometime here in the future. All right, Ben. Thank you. Again, State Representative Dean Deal joining us on Update on Double K Country.